What up, fantastic people? Welcome back to Hanging with Mr. Douglas. It's chapter 15 time of the power of your subconscious mind. The title of this one, Your Subconscious Mind and Your Happiness. I'll tell you what, I'm all about the happiness. It sure beats the alternative. <laughs> Here we go. William James, father of American psychology, said that the greatest discovery of the 19th century was not in the realm of physical science. The greatest discovery was the power of the subconscious touched by faith. In every human being is that limitless reservoir of power, which can overcome any problem in the world. True and lasting happiness will come into your life the day you get the clear realization that you can overcome any weakness, the day you realize that your subconscious can solve your problems, heal your body, and prosper you beyond your fondest dreams. You might have felt very happy when your child was born, when you got married, when you graduated from college, or when you won a great victory or a prize. You might have been very happy when you became engaged to the loveliest girl or the most handsome man. You could go on and list innumerable experiences which have made you happy. However, no matter how marvelous these experiences are, they do not give real, lasting happiness. They are transitory. The book of Proverbs gives the answer. Whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. When you trust in the Lord, the power and wisdom of your subconscious mind, to lead, guide, govern, and direct all your ways, you will become poised, serene, and relaxed. As you radiate love, peace, and goodwill to all, you are really building a superstructure of happiness for all the days of your life. And as a quick aside, fascinating that here Joseph Murphy makes the specific comparison from the book of Proverbs uh, verse that uh, whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. And he says that the Lord is the power and wisdom of your subconscious mind, right? We're getting familiar with this theme. Neville Goddard, another really badass dude when it comes to shaping and utilizing your mental powers, says basically the same thing, that God is your imagination. God is that infinite pool of potential. Just like Joseph Murphy says here, that it is the power and wisdom of your subconscious mind. And, you know, there are going to be some differences there, imagination, subconscious mind. But all in all, I think the Venn diagram is uh, pretty wide when it comes to clarifying and then taking ownership of this portion of ourselves, this infinite portion of ourselves that we have at our disposal. All we have to do is tap into it and happiness flows. Moving on. You must choose happiness. Happiness is a state of mind. There is a phrase in the Bible which says, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. You have the freedom to choose happiness. This may seem extraordinarily simple, and it is. Perhaps this is why people stumble over the way to happiness. They do not see the simplicity of the key to happiness. The great things of life are simple dynamic, and creative. They produce well-being and happiness. 
St. Paul reveals to you how you can think your way into a life of dynamic power and happiness in these words. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 How to choose happiness Begin now to choose happiness. This is how you do it. When you open your eyes in the morning, say to yourself, Divine order takes charge of my life today and every day. All things work together for good for me today. This is a new and wonderful day for me. There will never be another day like this one. I am divinely guided all day long, and whatever I do will prosper. Divine love surrounds me, enfolds me, and enwraps me, and I go forth in peace. Whenever my attention wanders away from that which is good and constructive, I will immediately bring it back to the contemplation of that which is lovely and of good report. I am a spiritual and mental magnet, attracting to myself all things which bless and prosper me. I am going to be a wonderful success in all my undertakings today. I am definitely going to be happy all day long. Start each day in this manner, then you will be choosing happiness, and you will be a radiant, joyous person. He made it a habit to be happy. A number of years ago, I stayed for about a week in a fanner's house in Connemara on the west coast of Ireland. Connemara. I'm going to look that up. How do you spell it? C-O-N-N-E-M-A-R-R-A. Hold on. Yeah, I was right. Connemara. Connemara. He seemed to be always singing and whistling and was full of humor. I asked him the secret of his happiness, and his reply was, and he'll be Irish. It is a habit of mine to be happy. Every morning when I awaken, and every night before I go to sleep, I bless my family, the crops, the cattle, and I thank God for the wonderful harvest. This farmer had made a practice of this for over 40 years. As you know, thoughts repeated regularly and systematically sink into the subconscious mind and become habitual. He discovered that happiness is a habit. You must desire to be happy. There is one very important point about being happy. You must sincerely desire to be happy. There are people who have been depressed, dejected, and unhappy so long that were they suddenly made happy by some wonderful, good, joyous news, they would actually be like the woman who said to me, It is wrong to be so happy. They have been so accustomed to the old mental patterns that they do not feel at home being happy. They long for the former depressed, unhappy state. Fascinating about this, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza does actually talk about this often. You repeat these stories to yourself one way or the other, and you start investing in them to the point where they become your personality. And when you are exposed to a new story, a new way of interacting with yourself and the world around you, inside and outside, it's so new. It's so foreign to the neural pathways in your brain that, of course, you know, we know how the brain works. Brain is lazy. It's going to take the easiest route to wherever it needs to go. And, you know, we need to 
in this world identify somewhat with ourselves and create a kind of identity in order to interact with each other. Hey, I'm a nebulous blob. Hello. I can't do that all the time. But if our identity is based on a story of feeling negative because of feeling sad because of the experiences that we have experienced and the perspective in which we look at those experiences and how we define our lens of looking at these experiences, we get familiar with that. And if that is sad, if that is depressing, if that is, oh boy, you know, I just had so many close calls, but nothing ever works out. If nothing ever works out is what you repeat, and then all of a sudden something looks like it might actually work out, that's going to feel so foreign and freaky that you're going to retreat into, oh no, I know, I know that nothing ever works out because that's how I've seen the world for so long. How could this work out when nothing ever works out? And hey, it's not going to work out if nothing ever works out, if that's what you look at the world like. If, that's your, if your lens is the nothing ever works out lens, then that's what will come about. However, if we, uh, and if anybody has seen yeah, National Treasure, there's that great moment where he takes Benjamin Franklin's uh, spectacles and it's got all the different colored spectacles that you can see different things depending on the color combination. If you just switch the spectacle color combination and insist on a different combination from the one that you have been looking through as long as you have, and maintain that new combination, that new outlook, that new lens, and become familiar with it, then it's no longer alien. Happiness is a part of you, and you can actually, through shifting those lenses around, see it as something within you, a part of you, innate in this world. All you have to do is choose to see it. As a personal anecdote, you know, we'll get back to it. But as a personal anecdote, I was mugged in Chicago and had to get minor facial reconstructive surgery. And uh, I used to walk everywhere. I loved walking everywhere. Didn't have a car in Chicago. Didn't need one, really, because it's Chicago. Walk wherever you want. Take the elves. Great. After that, and I, so I'm, I'm walking late night with friends, got mugged, got my face bashed in, had to get facial reconstructive surgery. Hey, the trauma was real. It was there, and I was scared. I was scared to go outside, scared to be outside at night. But I remember thinking, oh, wait a minute. I love getting out and using my own two legs to take me places. I can't allow my fear of what happened to me to inform the rest of my life. I can't. And, you know, I was only mugged once. <laughs> it hasn't happened repeatedly. Thank goodness. So I was able to it did take conscious effort. And uh, it still takes conscious effort. I was out the other day, late at night, walking around, and my shoes made a scuffling noise that does, it, they don't usually make. Turned around, and a car was driving behind me in such a way that my shadow looked uh, very stark and close by. And I, I did, I'll admit, I went, huh! <laughs> and then I laughed because I recognized that I was literally scared by my own shadow. Come on, Doug. But recognizing that and moving forward, I continued to walk and continued to enjoy my stroll in the very late evening because that's what I want. I want to enjoy what I do. I want to be happy and I want to spread the ability the opportunity for all of us to take that on ourselves. 
and taking that on myself, knowing that it was up to me to find that confidence again, to be happy choosing the way I'd like to be, has certainly given me the motivation to carry on throughout a rather wild and windy story of my life thus far. I am so thankful that I get to be here and have the opportunity to share that with all of you who are listening. So, choose happiness, even when you're scared of your own shadow like me. <laughs> all right. I knew a woman in England who had rheumatism for many years. She would pat herself on the knee and say, My rheumatism is bad today. I cannot go out. My rheumatism keeps me miserable. This dear elderly lady got a lot of attention from her son, her daughters, and her neighbors. She really wanted her rheumatism. She enjoyed her misery, as she called it. This woman did not really want to be happy. I suggested a curative procedure to her. I wrote down some biblical verses and told her that if she gave attention to these truths, her mental attitude would undoubtedly change and would result in her faith and confidence in being restored to health. She was not interested. There seems to be a peculiar mental morbid streak in many people, whereby they seem to enjoy being miserable and sad. And again, it's not so much actually enjoying being miserable and sad, but it is enjoying and finding comfort in the familiar. We're built to build familiarity. And for better or worse, in a world that bombards us with so many things, none of which have to do with self-agency, it is easy to lean into what is familiar. And if what is familiar is discomfort and pain and frustration and sadness and depression and things just not working out, without us stepping in and saying, wait a minute, I actually have the power to shape this? and move my attention in the direction that I want it to go in, we'll fall into that familiarity, and we'll find comfort in it. That's how we're built. But that means that you can absolutely fall in to purposeful, powerful, positive thinking. And I don't mean that, you know, because I'm certainly no expert guru. I don't mean that, oh, I have to do is think a happy thought, and I'm going to be like Peter Pan. I don't mean that. But I do mean that you have agency absolute agency. And what's fantastic are how experiences in your life, once you make that decision to take that responsibility for your combination of Benjamin Franklin lenses from National Treasure, looking forward through your life, how things actually start to line up differently and start to conform to the way that you are internally engaging with life. Case in point, you're here, right? All right. Why choose unhappiness? Many people choose unhappiness by entertaining these ideas. Today is a black day. Everything is going to go wrong. I am not going to succeed. Everyone is against me. Business is bad and it's going to get worse. I am always late. Oh, I never get the breaks. He can, but I can't. If you have this attitude of mind the first thing in the morning, you will attract all these experiences to you and you will be very unhappy. Begin to realize that the world you live in is determined largely, not completely, largely, but what goes on in your mind. 
Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman philosopher and sage, said, A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Emerson, America's foremost philosopher, said, A man is what he thinks all day long. The thoughts you habitually entertain in your mind have the tendency to actualize themselves in physical conditions. Make certain you do not indulge in negative thoughts, defeatist thoughts, or unkind, depressing thoughts. Recall frequently to your mind that you can experience nothing outside of your own mentality. And he's not saying, hey, look, don't ever feel unhappy. We're going to feel, we're complex, amazing, multifaceted beings. We're going to feel all the feels, all of them, and good on you for feeling them. Don't shy away from them. Recognize them, own them, but don't indulge in them. And I'll admit, so often it is easy to circle that drain and see where it can continue to drag you down, 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 if you allow it to, if you indulge. Why not attempt to indulge in cracking yourself up? Why not attempt to indulge in looking at the world in a way that puts a smile on your face or at least makes you laugh? Even if it's ruefully, hell, if you're laughing, that's a good thing. It's certainly a step in the right direction, I'd say. All right. If I had a million dollars, I would be happy. I have visited many men in mental institutions who were millionaires, but they insisted they were penniless and destitute. They were incarcerated because of psychotic, paranoic, and manic-depressive tendencies. Wealth, in and of itself, will not make you happy. On the other hand, it is not a deterrent to happiness. Today, there are many people trying to buy happiness through the purchase of radios, television sets, automobiles, a home in the country, a private yacht, and a swimming pool. But happiness cannot be purchased or procured in that way. The kingdom of happiness is in your thought and feeling. Too many people have the idea that it takes something artificial to produce happiness. Some say, well, if I were elected mayor, made president of the organization, or promoted to general manager of the corporation, I would be happy. The truth is that happiness is a mental and spiritual state. None of these positions mentioned will necessarily bequeath happiness. Your strength, joy, and happiness consist in finding out the law of divine order and right action lodged in your subconscious mind, and by applying these principles in all phases of your life. He found happiness to be the harvest of a quiet mind. Lecturing in San Francisco some years ago, I interviewed a man who was very unhappy and dejected over the way his business was going. He was the general manager. His heart was filled with resentment toward the vice president and president of the organization. He claimed that they opposed him because of this internal strife. Business was declining. He was receiving no dividends or stock bonuses. This is how he solved his business problem. The first thing in the morning he affirmed quietly as follows. All those working in our corporation are honest, sincere, cooperative, faithful, and full of goodwill to all. They are mental and spiritual links in the chain of this corporation's growth, welfare, and prosperity. I radiate love, peace, and goodwill in my thoughts, words, and deeds 
to my two associates, and to all those in the company. The President and the Vice President of our company are divinely guided in all their undertakings. The infinite intelligence of my subconscious mind makes all decisions through me. There is only one right action in all our business transactions and in our relationship with each other. I send the messengers of peace, love, and goodwill before me to the office. Peace and harmony reign supreme in the minds and hearts of all those in the company, including myself. I now go forth into a new day, full of faith, confidence, and trust. This business executive repeated the above meditation slowly three times in the morning, feeling the truth of what he affirmed. When fearful or angry thoughts came into his mind during the day, he would say to himself, Peace, harmony, and poise govern my mind at all times. As he continued disciplining his mind in this manner, all the harmful thoughts ceased to come, and peace came into his mind. He reaped the harvest. Subsequently, he wrote to me the effect that at the end of about two weeks of reordering his mind, the president and vice president called him into the office, praised his operations and his new constructive ideas, and remarked how fortunate they were in having him as general manager. He was very happy in discovering that man finds happiness within himself. The block or stump was not really there. I read a newspaper article some years ago which told about a horse who had shied when he came to a stump on the road. Subsequently, every time the horse came to the same stump, he shied. The farmer dug the stump out, burned it, and leveled the old road. Yet for twenty-five years, every time the horse passed that place where the former stump was, he shied. The horse was shying at the memory of a stump. There is no block to your happiness, save in your own thought life and mental imagery. Are fear or worry holding you back? Fear is a thought in your mind. You can dig it up this very moment by supplanting it with faith in success, achievement, and victory over all problems. I knew a man who failed in business. He said to me, I made mistakes. I've learned a lot. I'm going back into business and I will be a tremendous success. He faced up to that stump in his mind. He did not whine or complain, but he tore up the stump of failure and through believing in his inner powers to back him up, he banished all fear, thoughts, and old depressions. Believe in yourself, and you will succeed and be happy. The Happiest People The happiest man is he who constantly brings forth and practices what is best in him. Happiness and virtue complement each other. The best are not only the happiest but the happiest are usually the best in the art of living life successfully. God is the highest and best in you. Express more of God's love, light, truth, and beauty, and you will become one of the happiest persons in the world today. Epictetus? Epictetus? Hmm, I'm going to find out. Hold on. Epictetus. Yeah. Epictetus, the Greek Stoic philosopher, said, there is but one way to tranquility of mind and happiness. Let this, therefore, be always ready at hand with thee, both when thou wakest early in the morning and all the day long, and when thou goest late to sleep, 
to account no external things thine own, but commit all these to God. Right, thanks, Epictetus. All right. Summary of Steps to Happiness 1. William James said that the greatest discovery of the 19th century was the power of the subconscious mind touched by faith. 2. There is tremendous power within you. Happiness will come to you when you acquire a sublime confidence in this power. Then you will make your dreams come true. 3. You can rise victorious over any defeat and realize the cherished desires of your heart through the marvelous power of your subconscious mind. This is the meaning of whosoever trusteth in the Lord, spiritual laws of the subconscious mind, happy is he. 4. You must choose happiness. Happiness is a habit. It is a good habit to ponder off and on. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4.8 5. When you open your eyes in the morning, say to yourself, I choose happiness today. I choose success today. I choose right action today. I choose love and goodwill for all today. I choose peace today. Pour life, love, and interest into this affirmation, and you have chosen happiness. 6. Give thanks for all your blessings several times a day. Furthermore, pray for the peace, happiness, and prosperity of all members of your family, your associates, and all people everywhere. That's like that Buddha saying, I pray for the cessation of suffering of all people. 7. You must sincerely desire to be happy. Nothing is accomplished without desire. Desire is a wish with wings of imagination and faith. Imagine the fulfillment of your desire and feel its reality, and it will come to pass. Happiness comes in answered prayer. 8. By constantly dwelling on thoughts of fear, worry, anger, hate, and failure, you will become very depressed and unhappy. Remember, your life is what your thoughts make of it. 9. You cannot buy happiness with all the money in the world. Some millionaires are very happy. Some are very unhappy. Many people with very little worldly goods are very happy. Some are very unhappy. Some married people are happy. Some very unhappy. Some single people are happy and some are very unhappy. The kingdom of happiness is in your thought and feeling. 10. Happiness is the harvest of a quiet mind. Anchor your thoughts on peace, poise, security, and divine guidance, and your mind will be productive of happiness. 11. There is no block to your happiness. External things are not causative. These are effects, not cause. Take your cue from the only creative principle within you. Your thought is cause, and a new cause produces a new effect. Choose happiness. 12. The happiest man is he who brings forth the highest and the best in him. 
God is the highest and the best in him, for the kingdom of God is within. All right, everybody. Chapter 15, check. It's getting pretty cool. I mean, we are in the process of actually building a blueprint of our minds in a more proactive, radically authoritative or self-sovereign way. Authoritative in that I'm going to be the one who's going to make the decision. I am not going to simply react. I will lay the foundations for happiness, for success, and for the kind of wealth and enjoyable life that I want in my life. And there's no reason not to. There's nothing holding you back, except that imaginative stump that that horse was having trouble with. May your happiness be magnetized towards you and radiate from you to color your life in such iridescence as never ever beholden before. Like a kaleidoscope. Who doesn't like those? All right. You're awesome people for hanging out this long. Thanks for hanging. And I'll catch you next time. <laughs>